Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. On this week's episode, we're back talking with Lauren and Lorenzo Ortega from Laurier Watches, and we're discussing two of their newest releases, the Hydra and their new GMT, the Hyperion. Well, welcome everybody to episode 46 of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. We've made it 46 consecutive weeks. No breaks. We'll probably have to take one eventually. Uh, but we have uh, uh, another return guest or guests, if you will. We have Lauren and Lorenzo, or as I dubbed on our group chat uh, and in the email, Lorenzo <laughs> from Laurier. We, it's essentially like you guys are a celebrity couple. You get like the mashed names together. So welcome back to the show, everyone, you guys. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. you. Know, it's great to be back. Yeah, and I think Lorenzo, Lorenzo is a very practical, you know, <laughs> we use it too in our family, so it works out. <laughs> That's great. Um, no, it's it's great to have you all back. You guys have just released a couple of watches. One that we've gone hands on with. One that I, I think we all are really excited about, um, and I know you all were very excited about. Um, so we'll go ahead and dive into the uh, the wrist check and the drink check, and we will let our our both of our guests go uh, go first. Go ahead, Lauren. Okay. Well, I'm um, wearing a, a black falcon on my wrist, and this time I actually am drinking whiskey. Ooh. Nice. Yeah, taking some time off. I'm drinking an eggnog though. Oh, that's. That's great. The season. Oh yeah, festive. Yeah, absolutely. And I am wearing uh, the Hyperion in gilt, and nice. I'm also drinking whiskey tonight. Uh, this is a Nika coffee grain whiskey. It's very. It's almost too easy to drink. So yeah. we'll I've see how long. Ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I had. I can't felt feel- it during the intros. So <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> um so we've had i've had my first i had my first experience with japanese whiskey this year and i didn't do the coffee whiskey but i've heard very good things it's on my list but i agree with you i had just the regular um centauri toki whiskey which to me tastes like a scotch without the terrible aftertaste and i like scotch so that's saying something and it i drank that bottle way too fast like it disappeared really quickly (laughs) it's such an easy drinker yeah, I'm, I'm very much of a whiskey novice, and this is really the only whiskey I know. <laughs> it's all he wants. To, like, yeah, if, he is... found it, he likes it. So uh-huh. that's what we have yep. on our shelf now. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is our second model. That, that's, uh, that's half the battle. You know what you like? That's uh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And if it's an easy drinker, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> found yep. a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lorenzo, I, I have to say, I was a whiskey novice probably about a year ago, and now I have like 20, I think I counted yesterday, it was, I think it was like 26 or 27 bottles right now uh, in my collection, so just be warned, it's a slippery slope, wow. I promise you. Okay. So what you're saying is, whiskey is a lot like watches? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, it's crazy. So a year ago, there was no podcast, you knew nothing about whiskey, and now... You have 46 episodes and 27 bottles. <laughs> yeah. Where are you a year from now? I don't even want to know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I also don't want to know. I don't know. <laughs> it scares me. I'm hoping only night. What a year. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know about the 27 bottles being something. There's 46. Like we'll have, hopefully at this point next year we'll be at like 92, give or take. 
<laughs> oh boy. Because I can do math. <laughs> Epis- oh, yeah, I don't want to think about Episodes, that. not bottles, Evan. Oh, well, okay. Sorry, <laughs> right. Let's go straight to the alcohol. Yeah. I mean, it's all good. It, it is a good thing that those bottles are on your shelf and not in your recycle bin. I mean, very, very <laughs> true. Very true. That's true. All right. Well, I've got a little bit of a plug to make tonight for our buddies down at Richter and Phillips. So I will go ahead and go next. Um, I am, um, since we sent the Hydra back, which I miss, um, I am actually just wearing my Omega. There you go. I said it right. Omega Seamaster 300. Uh, and I've got it on a Cincy Strapco Stealth Bond NATO. Um, when I, I got this watch at Richter and Phillips a little bit before the Whiskey and Watches event last year, um, which would have taken place earlier this week. We're recording on Sunday night. It probably would have been the Wednesday prior to this episode. Um, and uh, they can't do their Whiskey and Watches event this year, obviously, but they are doing a Whiskey and Watches week. Um, so they're doing a bunch of sales. They're doing a couple. Uh, there's do, I think they're doing a specific model or a specific like one out of the case that's on super sale during the week, obviously check out their, uh, their Instagram page for some information there. Um, you know, they, they've, they've got, I was just there over the weekend. They got a, they got a bunch of good stuff in the case. Anybody's out there looking for a watch, um, go check out our, if you're in the greater Cincinnati area, go check them out. And on Instagram, they are, I hope they haven't given it away already. I can't remember exactly when the drawing was, but they're giving away a, one of the last bottles of what I am currently drinking, which is the new Rift single barrel that they did their barrel pick of, last year at the whiskey and watches event. So anybody who was there got to vote on which of the three barrels they liked best. That's the one they bottled up. Um, and that's what I am drinking. It is incredibly smooth for being 112 proof. So, uh, much like Lorenzo, we will see how I do in the next 15 to 20 <laughs> minutes as I am working on this. Um, cause it's made an appearance in a couple other episodes and it, uh, it gets to you pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, anybody, anybody in the greater Cincinnati area, go check, go check that out. Uh, it's our, it's, you know, one of our, some of our good friends down there, some of us who, some of them have helped us get along and, uh, you know, further along in the hobby. So, uh, and actually their watchmaker, Matt was one of our original guests and, um, probably still one of our more informative ones when it comes to these little, uh, little crazy machines that we put on our wrists. So, uh, there's my little plug for, for our boys down at Richter and Phillips. Um, Buzzy, what have you got? All right. Well, let's start with the drink, shall we? Much like our guests, uh, the drink that I'm drinking uh, has been on a previous version of our podcast. I'm having a Mad Tree Happy Amber tonight. I stand by all of my previous takes on this <laughs> beer, be they hot takes, cold takes, tepid, doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a delicious amber beer. Enough said. On my wrist... I wanted to to get something that channeled the the Laurier uh, ethos um, because thoughts of of that Hydra just they still linger in my head. I'm haunted by it, but like in a kind of a happy way, not not like a ghastly way or anything. So I I'm rocking my Tudor Oyster Prince, this little 34 millimeter wonder. Uh, it's a little bit sm- smaller, a little bit smaller in diameter. The lugs are much shorter, uh, but it's got that that same nice thin case, bubbled plexi crystal. 
So it, it reminds me just enough. And I took some pictures uh, back when, when the Hydra uh, lived at my house for a whole one day. Uh, of of <laughs> of the Tudor and the Hydra side by side, the lighting wasn't fantastic, but uh, it, it's it's very cool because it's it, it's not a um, yeah the thing the watches that you make are very much their own. They recall the best parts of, of older watches and but not the downsides of them. So I, 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 that's one of many reasons why I think people are so drawn to, to what you make. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're trying yeah, to do. So yeah, I'm glad. We can't really say it better than that. <laughs> All right, Spangler, bring us home. Uh, well, funny enough, since I plugged the whiskey that I have, uh, I'm not even drinking one. Uh, <laughs> since most, most of our listeners know that Evan normally has tests uh, very close to when we record these, so unfortunately I have to take it a little bit uh, tame tonight, and I'm drinking a Rheingeist uh, Cloud Harvest Number Three. Did that watch? Is, or sorry, uh, did that did that beer win any blue ribbons? Uh, you know what? Funny enough, it I don't think it has. Okay. I, I don't see it. On, I don't see it on the can. It has to be on the can. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I don't see one. Okay. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, on the wrist. Just like I wore last time when Lauren and Lorenzo were on, I've got my Laurier Gemini on. And again, just like Buzz, and I've also seen the Hydra, uh, this watch equally as stunning. As you can tell, everyone, we're all pretty pretty big fanboys of Laurier <laughs> on this podcast. And I, I love it. Um, and I've said it before, the case shape of Laurier is un, un, uh, unmistakable. Laurier, it's one of your greatest features, I think, guys. And plus, this is the limited edition version, so it makes it even more special. So... Yep. So I'm drinking this one I'm wearing. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. It, so, it is very special. Yeah. The, the worn around guys and they did such a great job with it. That was my yeah. first experience to, with one of your pieces before we were recorded last time. And that was, I think one of the reasons why we were also excited to get, to get, to get a chance to go hands-on with the Hydra. Um, because. Can you believe that was this year? It, it yeah, seems that, like it was so long ago, yeah. but hold on. Let me look it up. I know. <laughs> um, well, well, let me ask a question. Then while you guys are responding, I'll look up what episode you guys were on. Cause I can't exactly remember what number it was out of the 46. Um, it, but it's pretty easy to remember because it's still, it is still to this day. Well, for the longest time, it was our highest listened to episode which I was excited about because it came out this like, I, I, this is your episode is the reason why I'm kind of Instagram friends with Everett from 40 and 20, because you were on our episode the same week you were on with them. And mm -hmm. from what we both said, it was still both of our most downloaded or most listened to episodes for a very, very, very long time. Um, so wow. even though you guys were on this on two podcasts that came out on a Tuesday and a Thursday, you guys have enough fans that everybody was listening to both of them. Um, so that was, uh, that was pretty exciting. I, I know for, for us. And then I know for Everett and Andrew um, who I don't know Andrew very well. Cause he doesn't help on Instagram as much as Everett does, but uh, um, you guys are kind of the reason why I, I know Everett a little bit, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but what I was going to ask about was we talked a little, you hinted a little bit the last time about the Hydra, which obviously we got to, a chance to handle the, the Navy blue and silver version of that watch. 
Um, and I know you guys have talked about in the past, the original Hydra and the Neptune, a lot of people who weren't as detail oriented would sometimes get them confused. You know, what drew you or what, what was the, the, the what just, how did you guys decide to go from where you were to the dual crown sort of hundred meter diver sport watch design aesthetic? Well, let's see. Hmm. First of all, the Hydra was always like the sporty, funky brother of the Neptune. And so always mm -hmm. the riskier one. And we felt, well, like, as you said, there were some confusion among casual observers about which was which. So clearly it wasn't, we weren't accomplishing our goal um, to the extent we wanted to. And we had, we were planning on doing a dual crown diver eventually um, and not wanting to load up our collection with divers. Um, we thought this might be because the design of that dual crown diver was very similar to the Hydra. We thought, okay, well, what if we did this with the Hydra? Um, yeah, and, and so we did. I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Yeah, we've been we've just been always wanting to do a dual crown, and we thought you know with the Hydra, with the original one, you know, not doing honestly, just not doing as well as we thought it would. Um, we thought, okay, this is the perfect opportunity, and and you know, it, it works as well with the name, you know, multiple heads. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. It seems kind of like meant to be in this way. Um, yeah. And sometimes you know. Maybe a little dense and seen it or that way originally, but I think it's finally in its true form. Yeah, and and I'll be honest and, and say we did have you know arguments about it where, you know, basically with with a plexi crystal and a dual crown case, you you can't go to two hundred meter water resistance without recreating the EPSA super compressor, which you know we just don't have the resources to do as a small brand. So it was like, well, it, it will have to be 100 meters max. And so it was like, well, is it even worth doing? Because, you know, people will, you know, raise issues with it. And they have. Mm -hmm. But, but it's still diving compatible. Like most people don't dive deeper than 100 meters. You know? Right. Um, and we like the design so yeah, much. And I, mean, we I feel like, like yeah. it's cool enough to, you know, not have to be more than that. I mean, it's a, obviously I'm biased, but oh, yeah. it, it would be a crime to not do this. Mm -hmm. Oh, I agree. I agree. So, so two things real quick, you guys were on episode 22. <laughs> I looked it up. Right. Um, and the other thing too, I, I, we, we've talked about it on other episodes and, and I've heard other people talk about it. And the one that I go back to is we did our Halloween episode. We did horological horrors and the water resistance debate on what is necessary and what isn't always blows my mind. And we we've always kind of talked about, you know, a hundred meters is plenty for a diver. And if you need any, any reason to, or any, any, like any proof there, all of the Oris diver 65s, which are great watches, big fan, like what Oris is doing, all of them, even the straight divers are a hundred meters water resistant. So, 100 meters is plenty for what 
I'd almost even say 95% of us are ever going to do. And I know people say, oh, I, I always want that 150 or 200 meters or whatever number they have in their head, just in case I ever get pushed in a pool. <laughs> and, and my question is, we're all adults here except Evan. And Evan is mainly an adult, but he's still a student. So I, I'll say Evan of all of us is probably the most likely to get pushed in a pool. I have not been in a scenario for several years where I've been like, you know, I'm going to wear a different watch just in case when I'm out somewhere, I'm going to get pushed in a pool. I don't know how many people get pushed in pools. I know it happens in movies quite a bit, but it's usually the waiter who somebody runs into and him in a tray. Go. Like, I don't understand where these people are getting pushed in pools all the time. I don't have any friends who in the last year I've heard of, Hey, you know what happened to me over the weekend? Someone shoved me in a pool. And if, if your iPhone, if your iPhone, everybody's talking about how their iPhone is water resistant to 10 feet for 30 minutes, your watch is probably going to be fine. Like just, just to guess anything that's got a hundred meters or more probably going to be okay. Um, so that's my yeah, little and, rant yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And I mean, you know, after a hundred meters, it like, it deals with how the watch is under that pressure. Yeah. Like it's about how it's reacting under in, like deep sea, high pressure conditions. Um, right. Which a pool will not replicate. Yeah. And, and you know, all the cases are tested. So we're, we're, we're almost like, we're just tempted to have someone like wear it like down to 99 meters or like, you know, like 300 <laughs> feet basically, which is pretty deep. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I would struggle to find a 300 foot pool. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> the 300 foot deep pool. I, maybe why? I don't know. It, it's, it's one of those things. And I know people say, oh, it's about the pressure when you hit the water. And I think, I think our buddy kid Wizzle said, he goes, yeah, but like if you fall off a jet ski at 60 miles an hour and I was like, if I'm on a jet ski going 60 miles an hour, I'm probably wearing my G-Shock. Like, let's be real. Like, if, if I'm going to be doing an activity like that, just don't wear a watch that I'm – like, at that point, I'd be worried it's going to get ripped off my wrist if I – like, I've, mm -hmm. I've fallen off a jet ski going pretty fast when I was a kid. Like, it doesn't feel good in general. Like, maybe don't wear your nice watch. Yeah. yeah you're going to leave my glasses for sure. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care to learn my lesson, but – yeah, I think a lot of it is uh, imagining scenarios that you'll never be in or just feeling like these specs are out there and they exist, so why can't I have them? Um, which I think is natural. Like, everyone yeah, wants yeah, the most yeah. right, souped right. up, most capable, but this is the most capable that we can make this watch mm -hmm. and stick to our design principles and we love plexicrystals and that's uh you know no compromise cool. kind of thing for us. so it actually took a lot of work to make this happen it was so like blood sweat and tears at least the tears part because there was just a lot of uncertainty as to whether it could happen or whether it was worth it because there was a lot of back and forth trial and error and yeah seeing yeah. how how we could accomplish what um, mm -hmm. we imagine our heads but uh, yeah i'm i'm glad we did it yeah, yeah yeah we're just happy with how it actually turned out and yeah we're we're pretty proud of it i mean at the end of the day that's what counts right mm -hmm. but, yeah, we're, i think our divers are very very much different now oh, and yeah. in terms of purpose and function i think they're complementary um 
And yeah, like I said earlier, we don't just have to make another diver and another diver and another diver. I feel like there, there's enough depth there um, to cover the bases. Depth. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I mean, we, we all know that uh, slaying the Hydra was the second of Hercules's 12 labors. If you're, if you're into watches, it should be one of your labors to go check it out on their website. <laughs> what was there ever any consideration for a, a nine crowned version, just like the nine headed Hydra? <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, we tried to make it happen. But... <laughs> The engineering was really difficult. And I was like, what are these crowns going to do? You know? <laughs> yeah, well, one, one crown breaks off, two more grow in its place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whiskey and mythology and watches. That's right. Whiskey and classics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fun stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, obviously the, the three of us, like we said, really big fans and you know just hearing you guys talk about you know, the design there there shouldn't be i feel like the same people are going to complain about the depth rating or are the ones who if you made the depth rating thicker they'd, they'd be like well how come the case is th-? it's like you can't like your design is what like like we said you know there's a design that is distinct it's like oh i know what a laurier is and the hydra definitely is a laurier even though it's the only one that's got, well, I guess technically the pushers on the chronograph, but it's the only one that's got the two crowns and it, it, it's distinctive, but it, it fits in with the family. And I, I think that's what you all have done a very good job with is everything next to each other. It, it's a family. Um, and there are some big brands that don't even do that very well anymore. Um, I'm not going to name names cause I really can't like, I, I, there's a couple that you could lens like that is okay. All right, guys. Um, but no, everything that you guys have works together. And if you're looking for a, you know, a, a regular standard everyday, you know, you got, you got the Falcon two, a 36 millimeter, just a great classic watch. You've got a chronograph, you've got a dual crown compressor case. You've got a, a standard dive watch and now you've got a GMT, which is very exciting. Cause we talked about that almost exactly six months ago. Wow, that was only six months ago. It's I, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now yeah, it's here. Yeah, yeah it's here. Yeah. You hinted at it. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us the story a little bit. So I don't want to retell the same soil uh, from from forty and twenty, but you guys. It sounds like when you guys were able to, you went out and bought the movements, which is a huge set. Like you're committed at that point. You're like, we're doing, mm-hmm. we're doing a GMT. Um, and, and it sounds like that had kind of always been something you had wanted to do. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how the design came together, how you decided to do the guilt, the guilt dial as well, which I think of the two is my favorite, um, just because there need to be more watches with guilt dials out there. Um, and I say this, not owning one, not, not owning a guilt dialed watch yet. So that it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Like I, I like the design. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but it's it's one of the so talk us through like how that came together, what it was like to be able to commit, and then obviously you know you guys have released at least and I like like you said we I may have lost track earlier in the year as the podcast was in its infancy, but you've you've released two watches this year, if not more. So like talk to us about how what what that what that was all like 
Oh, technically, the Gemini came out earlier this year too, didn't it? Yeah, the Gemini yeah. was the oh, first yeah. Out this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it was all this year. We totally revamped the, the whole, whole catalog. Yeah, yeah, the whole collection, mm -hmm. and then so the truly new model is the Hyperion, but everything right. and the Gemini. Mm -hmm. Um, but every but the other models were updated and re-released. Um, so it has been an insane year, um, just in terms of the pace. But a lot of it was in motion for a while. And so it was just, all right, well, it's happening. These things are rolling out. And, you know, there were some delays, like with the Hydra, that's several months behind. But, I mean, it's 2020. And uh, <laughs> it it was happening, you know. It's mm -hmm. it was created that everything was, you know, the orders were set. And yeah, yeah. It's just a waiting yeah. game. Yeah, I, I think the Hyperion was actually the second watch we started designing after the Neptune. Um, it's just that you know there weren't any at the time. I think this was twenty seventeen. There just weren't any movements that were accessible to us. Yeah. Um, and but we were like, well, we will, we still want to do a GMT, so let's just like put it up on the drawing board, and then maybe one day it will happen. And so we we had several versions of it, and you know, some people might say that you know it's not a very original design, which you know I understand, and you know I'll, I'll take that critique. But you know, just going through the several versions on our drawing board, we learned that. It was you know, the best looking one. Right, right, yeah. So, you know, like as a designer, the challenge is sort of walking that line of finding something that is distinct on its own and, you know, looks good at the same time. But how do I explain this? It's, I'm sorry, now the whiskey's getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you probably mean to say is there's always a temptation to do something different, right? Just yeah, because yeah. you want to be different. Yeah, in the but, back of yeah, in the back of my head, you know. Like, well, this has got it. We've got to change. Right? This. Yeah, it's like someone did this already, so we can't do this, right? But you know, at some point, you're just well, screw it. Like this looks good, mm -hmm. so let's do it. And it's also we have to. I mean, our mission as a brand is really to make classical design and classical feeling watches available, mm -hmm. um, as accessible as possible. Mm -hmm. And that's like one thing that's been kind of nice as we've developed as a brand. Ooh, now we're like, you know, two years old. Um, that people have kind of realized who we are and what we do. And so... You know, if we get complaint, oh, not please, not a GMT with classic colors. It's like, well, do you realize who you're talking to? Like, <laughs> this is who you are. What we do, like, this is the whole point. You know, like, if you want something like, you know, totally different and never seen before or whatever, like, that's not our mission and goal as. And there brand. are other brands, you know, that you can buy from, and they do fantastic. You know, they do a fantastic job at it. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think it's we have to keep with, you know, keep our mission in mind. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's bringing back characteristics of the classic watches that we really like and can't get our hands on. And so we have, you know, the 
Bakelite like, uh, you know, bezel insert. Mm -hmm. We have the roulette date wheel, um, the Pepsi color combination. So I will say though that it took us quite a while to get those colors just right. And I mean, I mm -hmm. you, like you can't really tell from the pictures, but it it, it, it took a lot of uh, effort and tries to get the blue just how we wanted it. Um, if, if you look at a standard Pepsi bezel, it's royal blue and cherry red. And they're very bright, loud, right. contrasting colors. And for us, we wanted something that was a little more subdued. Right, right. And yeah. also, I mean. Something more stately, you know. Like. And also something that's more flattering to more skin tones because mm -hmm. like, those really bright bold colors like they don't always look good on everyone all the time but i feel like we found colors that look good on most people's wrists um and look good with each other sorry i just keep looking down at lorenzo's wrist because he's wearing, Cause it. He's like, wearing oh. it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i knew what you were doing <laughs> <laughs> you know i find myself looking at lorenzo's wrist pretty often when he's wearing it, honestly. Oh, I can it. I can imagine. Yeah. And it's funny that you talk about the colors and not not really being able to describe it in person because we talked last week with John from Brew and he said the exact same thing. It, it and we kind of I didn't I didn't get to make this joke last week, so I'll make it this week. Um we always we always talk about going and going to a red bar event when you when they're legally allowed or whatever because obviously this year we haven't had very many of those either. But we always joke about go to a red bar event, get hands on with with a lot of these like watches like yours that aren't like I don't want to say not readily available, but like I can't go to my local jeweler and see one. Um, mm -hmm. I can go see Evan and see his, which was how I got to see it the first time. But um, go to a red bar go event, go to your local watch club meetup and see them. Um, but usually those red bars are in dive bars with really bad lighting. So you're not going to get a good idea of what the, the color looks like there anyway. Um, but no, you're, you're completely right about not understanding what the color looks like until you have it with you. And I would venture to guess that most people like who, who've ordered it and liked it in the picture are blown away when they see it in person because every watch that I've gotten that I liked in the pictures and then I see it in person it's never like I'm disappointed. It's always like, oh, wow, this is this, the color is way much richer. It's way deeper. The tones work just so like, it's it's one of those things where I feel like as you're describing it, people aren't going to see it on the website. But when they when they do pull the trigger and they see it in person, it's, it's going to knock their socks off. And I, I say that having not seen the Hyperion yet, but knowing how awesome the Navy and silver was on the Hydra and then and then seeing uh, Spangler's Cerulean Blue Gemini, which that color is unbelievable in person. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that's one of the things you guys have done really well. And, and I know the guys from Morning Wound helped with the with the, the the version of the Gemini that I've seen. Is the colors are very classic and they work, but they're they're very much the right tone in person. Like they're not overly bright. Well, Evans is very bright, but that's again that's a that's I feel like that's the exception that proves the rule on this point. Um, they, they they just they work, and I would. I'm really at some point, hopefully looking forward to seeing a Hydra with a gilt dial, because I think that's why the way you described that red and that blue had to work was because if you guys were going yeah. to do a gilt dial, I don't know that it necessarily works with very bright 
colors. I feel like it has to have that classic, maybe slightly darker tones that work with a lot of skin tones that work with the gold as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, we, there is a black gilt Hydra. So, right. No, yeah. no I knew that. Yeah. I knew oh, that. But oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. He's sorry. talking about the Hyperion yeah. now. But... Oh, did I say the Hydra? Yeah, sorry. It's, it's I go whiskey. back and forth. Yeah. It's both, yeah. For both of us. <laughs> <laughs> The Giants won today, which is hey, they're they're leading the division, man. They're not they're not an yeah, underdog. What are you insane. talking about? Yeah, they started zero and five, and they're leading the division. Yeah. I mean, the NFC it's a race to the bottom, but the Giants have been a pleasure to watch lately. I mean, you know, behind you know hands and cross fingers, it's it's been yeah. good. So he's he's. It's been an emotional day, <laughs> you know, second serving. <laughs> so you're going to have to forgive him. Oh, no, that's so <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, the, Hi the Hyperion in the gill, yeah, I mean, I honestly, we love guild accents so much that it's kind of surprising to us when we hear people like, oh, yeah, I've never really liked gold before. I'm like... Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what that's like, but yeah, it's something that, I mean, I, it was the, the guilt version was the first one that was like the Hyperion. Mm -hmm. and then, you know, okay. Silver counterpart. And then we were also like, okay, maybe other color combinations, but it became clear that those were always just going to be secondary. Um, and no matter how many people may be like, oh, Pepsi is overplayed. Like, a lot of people really like it and really want it. Like, let's be real here. Like, it's a good-looking watch. It's a good-looking combination. Mm -hmm. And, uh, again, we're not, we're here to provide um, that classic look for people. And so yeah, and, and honestly, kind of, we couldn't think of a better combo. I mean, there are some other things we could do, but they'd be very much more like limited runs or something mm -hmm. because I don't think it could be as, yeah. I but, don't know. Yeah. But to, to go back to what you're saying, you know, or now that I know that we're talking about the Hyperion, <laughs> you're absolutely right. <laughs> you know, yeah, it needs to have that muted uh, dark color to bring out the guilt um, because we, we have gotten a few requests for white dial and it was something that, you know, we drew up and it is really difficult to get, uh, good contrast like yeah. It, it's yeah like so the first draft of the falcon it looks a bit anemic um yeah if you don't yeah. use if you don't use fotina you know like right um, right if you have the white um mm -hmm. you know loomed dial markers on a white uh dial at least with the hyperion with the gmt with the the colored uh bezel it it just didn't. Yeah. The the first draft mm. of Falcon Series 2 in white actually had gold print and gilt hands. Mm -hmm. So we got the prototype. So we've seen yeah. what it could look yeah. like. Yeah, on the drawing board, we're like, oh, this is going to look fine. This is going to look great. Mm. And then we got the prototype. And we're like, this just doesn't pop. Yeah, it didn't pop in the, silver, in the stainless case. I mean, we have a PVD gold version mm -hmm. uh, with you know, the gold, the gilt um, accents on the white mm -hmm. dial. And, and that works because it's in a gold case right. and it helps bring out like so much 
of this is visual and just like optical illusions and stuff that you can't explain, like they can't always see in, in two dimensions. Like mm-hmm. you have to, so much of it is really just tricks on your eyes, like how the colors go together, how the bezel looks around the dial, all of that. Some of it, it's just. Yeah. Sometimes you get lucky and get it right the first time and other times it takes 10 tries. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and it's funny, you mentioned the, the white like loom plots on a white dial. I keep looking down at my Omega and the loom, like they're, they're applied and they're raised, which is something that's mm-hmm. pretty cool, but you're not wrong. I feel like they didn't go Fotina on this one on the white dial, but it has a very, 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 very subtle, like, I want to say it looks green, even though it, this one lights up almost a little bit more bluish green, but it's one of those things where it, it's just enough contrast to the white dial that it, that it, you can make it work. And I, I can completely understand what you're saying with, you know, white markers with gilt surrounds on a white dial in a stainless case. It works really well on the gold PVD. You're completely right. Like that, that all ties together, but it almost, I, I think I, I can see what you're saying where on the Falcon in a steel case with the, with the gilt, it doesn't on a white dial doesn't quite work. Whereas with a black dial it works fantastically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And just because, you know, it's not enough to be able to, to do guilt and then two other colors. You throw the roulette wheel in there. Oh, I yeah. like it. I love Great the Great idea. Wheel. It works. And Dang. yeah. At, at what point did that come along in, in your design process? That is a great question. Uh, it happened almost by accident, honestly. Um, originally, uh, it had a black date wheel. Um, but then the, the, the date wheels from Soprod came in black, but it didn't match the glossy finish of the dial and so we need to make new date wheels so yeah so we were like well we need to make us some date wheels anyway um and so we were like well why not do a roulette date wheel yeah since we're yeah yeah i think i mean for a gmt the date is such a central component um to its function um it's a feature that we like and i think it's uh, really appropriate to draw attention um, and make the date as versatile um, as we can. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it just seemed like a natural fit. Um, yeah. we're not, we, we're, it's not like we did it just because. It's like this is actually a really appropriate use. Um, yeah. yeah. Of the roulette date yeah. wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was another thing that took a while. You know, the, the first couple of tries, the, the red was the same color as on the bezel. And on a white background, it's hard to tell it's red you know again it has to do with the colors that are how colors interact with each other yeah so getting okay a little bit lighter a little bit lighter a little bit lighter okay now we can tell it's red (laughs) yeah but everything in all the reds they're all in different situations you know the bezel is elevated it's uh you know under plexi it's next to blue um, that's going to behave differently than the red GMT hand or the red date on the date wheel. So yeah. it's all just 
okay, let's keep tweaking. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, at first I was like, nah, it's fine. You know, it's all the same red, doesn't matter. But Lauren put her foot down. I'm like, no, we have to redo it. And I'm thankful that she did because now it's just so much better. Yeah, I mean, there's something in, in theory, like they're all the same red, so it should all work. But it's like, okay, how does that, you know, play in real life? Like people aren't gonna see that because they're it's not mm-hmm. they're not behaving in the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. R- real life has a, a tendency to to do that. I mean, there's <laughs> they, they, there's a reason why people prototype things before they order production runs and all all that sort of stuff. Ah. And, and once again, uh, you're killing it on the name. Classics lovers, they're also watches lovers. They rejoice because, okay, time, time to name a watch. That's a GMT watch, often associated with travel by air, after mm-hmm. one of the Titans, who was a sky god, father, you know, Helios. Um mm-hmm. How the hell do you find these names? They're great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there you I go. Mean, it was like, just, it's yeah, it's exactly the process that you said. It's like, what's the function of this watch? What best kind of encapsulates that? Yeah. And so, it, you know, in many cases, we can go Greek. We can go, we can reference mythology because there are so many widely recognized characters that have specific purposes or features that's like okay this is has a huge aura around it and there's a legend surrounding it i mean not in every case like the falcon obviously is yeah. just the but, falcon but that's what spoke to us the most um in yeah, that watch yeah. but um it started with the neptune really we we're like okay like what's what's the name for a dive watch it's not taken already and that has enough I don't know, swagger, Gra- gravity, gravitas, yeah, 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 right, <laughs> and and you know, I and I just had this thing that of people kind of get, yeah, you know, because I just right. and I just had this thing of it had to also work in French, um, <laughs> so you know, Neptune is is still Neptune in French, and so like once we got on that train, we just had kind of had to keep going, and with the Hyperion, our our hesitation was actually that. Um, Jimmy Collins, you know, from Collins Watch Company. Last year at Wind Up, he released his diver called the Hyperion. It wasn't a diver. It was a, like a oh. pilot. I thought it was a, I'm sorry. Okay. Watch, this was right? a year ago. Uh-huh. I'm fuzzy. Yeah. But anyway, like, oh, man, he's got this name. We were wanting, like, we were going to use this name for TMT. But I got, we got his permission. He's like, yeah, go ahead, guys. Great idea. So we're like, okay, we're going to go. And do this because it just seems like a perfect fit. Something that's timeless, that's relevant, that references the purpose of the watch. I mean, yeah. And that all fits. I, I kind of. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I kind of. Um, I don't know brand names and like. I can be real picky about those things. I want something that has some meaning and recognition, but it's not too long or ostentatious or anything. Mm-hmm. And so I think we try and find mm-hmm. something that's really straightforward. Mm-hmm. It also um, kind of blows my mind that nobody had used Neptune for a dive watch before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <right? laughs> like you would think that 
I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys were able to snag it, but it just kind of blows my mind that. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a Vostok Neptune, but that's like its nickname. Yeah. I, yeah. So, you know, when we were looking it up, it's like, yeah, that's crazy. Do that. <laughs> originally, we just we just wanted to call it. I mean, we didn't want to call it. But originally, the placeholder name was the L1. It's fucking lame. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So high five. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know? Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, people immediately know that, that that's a sea watch. It rolls off the tongue so much better than its Greek counterpart, Poseidon. Oh, yeah. Somebody yeah. might think, oh, is it a wristwatch? Is it a, a sub launched ICBM? You know? <laughs> Oh my really god! Confusing thing. Funny story about that. <laughs> yeah, we we learned to just you know for our banknotes for wires to not uh-huh. include model names, just include invoice numbers. Yeah. Like, what is this Neptune? You know? No, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we wired like a large sum of money. And it got held up for like over a week. Like, yeah. still haven't got it. Nope. Where yeah. is it? We're like contacting both banks on either end. Do you have it? No. Do you have it? No. We got no. a letter from our bank that said, okay, must verify that this is not aircraft mm-hmm. or yeah. equipment okay. or weaponry or anything. And we're like, no, this is not an aircraft. <laughs> Because on, on the notes it said deposit for Neptune and Hydra. <laughs> I can see how that uh, that would raise some eyebrows. They those things. Sound... <laughs> yeah. I think that this amount of money is really going to pay for. Like, I mean, yeah, it's a large sum of money, but a warship. Also, yeah, you know, right. like... <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know what things go for on the black market. Black market, but like, you never know. Like, you never know. Like... <laughs> This is just a front for international arms dealing. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> it's all cool. mm-hmm. Yeah. All those, you know, sold out, but. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have been watching a lot of James Bond, so that somehow doesn't seem that absurd. Some of the earlier ones. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have a lot of really bogus front companies and yeah yeah that's that's really funny that's actually that's that wow. i think that is that is going to be regardless of where we go for the rest of the episode that's probably going to be my favorite moment like i don't know how it couldn't be <laughs> <laughs> that the banks had to make sure that you weren't trafficking in arms or ships or aircrafts yeah, really. or something like that <laughs> itar and all those other export controls are no joke Really, really or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, glad to hear they're you know taking their jobs seriously. Yeah, that's just really funny though. But a little misplaced. <laughs> wow, that's uh, well, I mean, so we can go into the the story that you you hinted at on the on the most recent episode I heard you guys on uh, with the folks out in Oregon. Um, you guys were over in Hong Kong right before all of this started. And didn't get stuck. I, I, I'm assuming that was going and checking on designs, production, things like that. But you know, you want to you want to talk a little bit about that that trip. You know, kind of what you guys end up doing over there, and then maybe how you got back. 
Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, this was back in February. Mm -hmm. And and so we had started hearing about what was going on, you know, the virus in January, mm -hmm. right? Maybe late December, yeah. uh -huh. January. And so we were tracking it. And the funny thing is, I mean, at this point, Hong Kong has like eight cases, 12 cases. And like family and friends are calling us like, don't go, you know. <laughs> You're gonna get sick. I'm like, you know, there's Just like on your trip if you can. There's like eight million people in Hong Kong or whatever. Like that's almost one per million at this point. You know, I think the odds are in our favor. But it was still like that level of not knowing mm -hmm. what was going to happen, what was going on. But we were tracking it, tracking it, and airlines are starting to reduce their flights. Borders, you know, are getting closed up. Um, but as far as we can see, you know, Cafe yep. Pacific right. is still doing their New York to Hong Kong flight. And so like, you know what? It's only going to get worse. Like, why would we delay our trip and wait for it to get worse? Like we have to go now or never. Yeah. And my logic was we just have to do it. Like yeah. this was, uh, at the end of the first production run of Gemini. And we're like, okay, this is uh, our first chrono. Uh -huh. And it's with a movement that doesn't have the best reputation. So we have to go there yeah. in person and inspect every single one. Uh -huh. Because it's just... Like, there's no other... Like, we can't can do it another way. Right. It's just so much easier when you're in person because you can get... You can give feedback right away as mm -hmm. to what's going on versus, you know, doing it by email and, you know, what. Like this year, ever since then, you know, we would have probably gone back to Hong Kong like three or four times mm -hmm. this year because it's been a big year mm -hmm. and we haven't been able to now. And so doing everything long distance and shipping and shipping back and QC in here, like it's just been, I can't wait to go back. Right. I, I miss yeah. I miss Hong Kong yeah. a lot. Basically, something that but, that would take uh, one or two weeks by email would just be an afternoon in person. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's oh the bezel doesn't feel quite right, or oh there's this issue with the sub dial, or or there's you know, you know whatever issue mm -hmm. it is, it's like. When you're in person, like the feedback is instantaneous and, you know, they can like they're right there. OK, well, here are five other watches. Which ones of these are acceptable? Which ones are like, where's the scale? Where's the line? Like bam, bam, bam. here, it's like, OK, well, you didn't like those. Well, what about these? Or can we get more, you know, samples made or things like that? And it's just I mean, it takes a really long time. Mm -hmm. But anyway, in Hong Kong, it was I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, Hong Kong was like really um, aggressive in, you know, masking, reducing capacity at hotels. I mean, most of it was actually the people in the city. Um, there weren't actually any like legal mandates for restaurants to close or businesses to close, mm -hmm. but a lot of people just took action anyway. And so when we were in Hong Kong, I mean, it was so empty. There was barely anyone out on the streets and people there live in very, very small apartments. 
And for them to be like, nope, I'm not going to go out. Like there's such an active like city life, and street culture there and market culture because people want to be out of their apartments as much as possible because they're so small. And so to see, you know, millions of people be like, nope, I'm going to stay in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that was really impressive. Yeah. And just know? wear masks everywhere. Like I'll, I'll be honest and say, like I, I myself, like I was pretty uncomfortable with just wearing a mask all the time in Hong Kong. And, you know, we were having, you know, these conversations with our project manager and, you know, he was saying, yeah, I mean, we'll probably have to wear masks for at least a couple months. And this is how it usually is, you know, even like during, during flu season. season you know. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, that sucks. You know, you'll have to do this whole mask thing for a couple months. <laughs> and long <laughs> fall, I think you turned me like, this would never happen in America. Like, people would never wear masks in America. And I guess you were kind of right in some ways. But... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, just the just the swim. So while we were there, you know, cases were increasing. Like, okay, one a day. Like, I was just like the newspaper, you know, delivered to the room every morning. Okay, what's the status like? Monitoring it like crazy. And while we were there, they were reducing flights, um, but they were still doing one flight a day. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to get on a flight back. Um, and it wasn't right. long after that until they totally closed the border and we. We can't go back even now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and the guy at the airport entering the U.S., he basically just asked us, did you go to mainland China? And we're like, no. Okay. Like, All right, cool. <laughs> but they're like the temperature checks, hand sanitizer, mask, everyone, because they've had experience, you know, with SARS and stuff. So right. they, they were, you know. They knew what to do. And the U.S. was like, oh, it won't be a big deal here. We have good hospitals. And so. Well, we do. You know, a month later, <laughs> we, a month after we got back, New York closed their schools. And. Um, yeah, that was. And. It was dark. Yeah. And then we just heard sirens constantly, you know, till early summer. And things started to get a little better here. And then it just, you know, blew up in the rest of the country. So, did you guys have a lot of illegal fireworks uh, near where you were at? Uh, mm-hmm. I remember hearing that uh, there was a lot of fireworks going on. Um, yeah, yeah. In New York yeah. over the summer, like every night there were fireworks. Like people were very pent up. <laughs> like there were always fireworks going off. And the fourth Fourth of July was off the chart like they were fi- like we walked around the neighborhood every corner in our neighborhood there were fireworks going off and cops were just driving around just like shaking their heads like what you know but yeah people were expressed that pent-up energy mm-hmm. in different ways like um every night here for i guess till probably till labor day you know at seven o'clock People just open their windows and just like scream at, and like it was a we're here honoring our healthcare heroes, but a lot of it I think was just cathartic, <laughs> just rage, screaming, and pot banging. It was just like a moment of collective uh, insanity. But yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. 
it was an interesting time to be in New York. I'm glad we were here for it. Um, I feel like it's definitely an experience and something like that brought us all closer together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, we're just, you know, chugging along still. And we're fortunate enough to where, you know, we, we still. I mean, we're yeah. the only employees <laughs> of our business. So we didn't have to lay anyone off. Mm -hmm. And we could still operate the same as usual. So, like, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we're we're still doing well, knock on wood. And, you know, all our releases have happened. I mean, the Gemini is just massively delayed. But people signed up on the waitlist in, like, May, late May. And we still don't have Gemini's ready for them. Yeah, but that's just the reality of uh, watch production. Yeah. And I'm sure, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure your other guests have talked about it. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it, yeah. it's it's nothing that, and, and to be honest, I feel like, I feel like most consumers at this point, we, like, I don't want to say that we all, like, we do, we all understand, like, it's it's a different world that we're operating in um, right now. And, you know, I I, I don't say, like, we I think we, just, we, we get it and, you know, we're, we're big enough fans that I, I think most of us are, are probably willing to wait because we know when we get it, it'll be fun. I still like to needle our buddy here locally, Rick, just because he and I are <laughs> on opposite ends of the spectrum on whether or not black dials are universal with clothing options. Um, hmm. So, oh, oh, this is fun. <laughs> Outsider take on this. Uh, our red bar guys are going to hate me for this question. Um, black dial watch, <laughs> blue jeans. Is that a problem? <laughs> No. Okay. Black dial watch. No. Black dial watch. Navy sweatshirt. Navy blue sweatshirt with a black dialed watch. Is that a problem? No. Okay. Mm -mm. All right. All right. I win. <laughs> I'm declaring victory. <laughs> <laughs> you and every rational-minded person out there. We uh, don't, don't give it. We we love Rick from Cincinnati Watch Company. He's we, he's one of our our really good friends here locally as well. But like. Every time, and I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get dragged so hard in our Red Bar group chat for this because he's gonna listen to this episode, and he's gonna bring it up again, and he keeps bringing it up, and I keep taking the bait, but I can't help myself because a black dial watch is universal. Fight me, yeah, <laughs> and, no, and, uh, and yeah. fight Lorenzo, yeah, who's a gold glove boxer, yeah. and so definitely don't <laughs> want to fight him on this. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it works, it works. I, I, I can't explain why theoretically. <laughs> But yeah, it's like okay. It's like you'd wear black shoes with the navy suit. You could. You could. Yeah. yeah. As long uh, as you wear black yeah. belt. Yeah. <laughs> Although, remember that New Yorker article that we were reading where it was like about this one really stylish dude, and he was like, "You can't wear a navy suit with black shoes because then you look like a cop." Um, but <laughs> I work, still, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I you know I guess women are women's wear is different, but I think both. Black and blue are, you can treat them as neutrals. Coming from the men's world, I, I do not own a black suit. Thank you. A black, a black suit oh. blasphemy, right? Yes. But, you know, I think black dials work with everything. It's not, it, it's not a black suit. It's not black pants. It's, it's like a tight, it's like a 30 millimeter thing. It's an accent. At most. But it's yeah. not a dominant 
part of your outfit. Right, right. So I, I think it is the one case where black goes with everything. Yes. Yeah. A, a black suit is only appropriate for a funeral or, Correct. or in, in the, the mm -hmm. fashion of a, a tuxedo for formal events after a certain time in the afternoon. Right? And tuxedos Even are different. There. Right. Tuxedos are different. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. That's why I'm saying if it's tailored in the fashion of a tuxedo jacket. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and the other the the other argument is if black wasn't a universally accepted color that goes, wouldn't there be a ton of navy blue dialed watches out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what are yeah. people wearing mm -hmm. if they're not wearing yeah black? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, to, to go back to the uh, the Hydra's design, originally, we just had um, two navy blue versions. So we had, you know, the navy blue and silver and the blue and gilt. And when we got the prototype of the blue and gilt, it just didn't work. So, you know, we were like, yeah, no, we have to make it black. Yeah. This, yeah, this will work a lot better in black. And, you know, it did. So, yeah, you know, if, if you're listening, you know, to, to, to your listeners, like, <laughs> black is more versatile than, than you think. It definitely is. I, I would yeah. completely agree with that. Um, so one last thing I want to get into a little bit, um, and, I, and I hope Lauren won't judge me. Um, I'm left-handed, but I wear my watch on my left wrist, and I, and I heard that a little bit on the, uh, the 40 and 20 episode. Um, so Lauren and I can both lament having our parents buy us the right-handed version of baseball Velcro gloves when we were kids. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I heard you guys probably aren't planning on a Destro, which I would be a fan of. I know Spangler's got a Destro Panerai, um, which there should be more left-handed watches out there. Um, but um, I don't really know where I was going with this. Where was I going with this? I don't know. I think you are, I think you're trying to in and a subtle way ask for my permission to wear your watch on your left hand. I might be. As a left hand. I might be. <laughs> you have oh, my on your hand. right hand. No, he wears oh, it on his I left wear it on my hand. left. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. But he, yeah. So all I have to ask before I give my blessing <laughs> is how, how does it feel to write when you're dragging or are you a very proper, you know, writer where you have your wrist elevated? Oh and God, you no. Write so I are you like that just drags their arm and smears that leg so there's you, you know what I'm talking about you know exactly what I'm talking about like I'm, I'm sure yep, yep. and this is a this is a terrible thing to do because as a podcast it's an audio medium what I'm doing is I'm holding up my left hand and I'm pointing to the outside of my left hand which for all of you righties out there who don't know this as a lefty not only are you fighting with the rings on a three ring binder or the spiral on your spiral notebook, which I don't even know if kids have to deal with these days. Like, let's be real. I just flipped mine upside down and used it backwards. Okay. I was not allowed to do yeah. that for whatever reason. Apparently where I grew up was a little bit more strict on that than where you grew up or, you know, you were just more headstrong than I was, which kudos to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, ink led everything. The, the, the pinky side of my left hand was miserable. Um, yeah. You know, always, yeah. 
either coated in pencil yep, especially this knuckle on my pinky yeah <laughs> yeah and you get a little callus oh yeah you know? yeah I, I think now a lot of people just evan do you take a lot of handwritten notes or are you just all typing on your laptop i mean honestly i i used to be fully handwrite I, I hand wrote all of my notes mm -hmm. but just with the nature of like how my school works these days I don't really have that luxury anymore to be able to have the time to write them down mm -hmm. um so I I do a lot of typing but I, but I will say this is my take on this since I do a lot of typing now and I don't know how you guys feel but I cannot type with a watch on Ooh. I hate the fact that when it's on my wrist I'm like typing it'll like drag the buckle will drag on the laptop and it like clinks and it just like Ugh. I, I can't stand it. So I have to take it off of my time from typing, like doing stuff like that. Hmm. Oh, interesting. I do not mind at all. I mean, I just drag that class. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like nail to a shot. I can't, yeah. can't handle it. Well, I was going to say, like, so I, I like you asked me that question about like, do you, how does it feel when I write? I wore a watch as a kid, but I don't know that I can really remember what it was like writing. And at this point now I'm typing all the time. And I guess now mm -hmm. for the last eight plus months, I've been using a laptop. But prior to that, I was at a desktop in my office with a keyboard. So, I mean, from a writing perspective that I, you know, the, the comments, there, oh, no, my, I have terrible. Like, you can ask anybody in my family, I have terrible penmanship or handwriting or whatever you want to call it. It's barely legible. Sometimes even I can't read it. Um, for security reasons. Yeah, for security. exactly. Yeah, so nobody, yeah. But, but I don't write any, like the most painful thing is ever having to sign your name like three times in a row. Cause they never look the same. Like, you don't have to ever like, like any type of paper where like I can write one check and it's good. But like that, by that third signature, Ooh, it's, I don't even know. It doesn't even look like my signature, which doesn't even look like my name. So let's be real. It, it, it's bad. Um, but typing, I don't, I don't have the problem that Evan does mainly because I'm used to typing on a, uh, a keyboard, not on a on a laptop. I know some people who do that, but but here's the other thing. I my laptop that I have at home isn't metal. It's cheap and it's plastic. So like it doesn't drag as much. It's not like I, I'm on my wife's laptop now and that is very metal. So and I don't type on it. We do the video chat. Um but I know Spangler's got a, a Mac and I know that or an Apple and that might be why because that is a metal computer versus my cheapo plastic laptop. <laughs> You know, this, this conversation reminds me of um, the the idea of desk diving, marks. Yes! <laughs> uh, you know, I'm trying to think of a way to convey the idea that scratches are awesome. Um, or just like, you'll live a better life if you accept that things happen. You know? That, you will be that is on a whole nother level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like the inability to accept scratches is usually signals that there's something out. There's larger things but at play. Occasionally, we'll get we'll get watches back, you know, for service, and the ones that are most scratched up and that I think look amazing are watches from either a women or b <laughs> veterans. And they do not care about scratches and their watches look amazing. It's like, like we get up, like, like, like we get back, 
like this, this scratched is just up anecdotal, watch. By yeah. the way, because... but but we'll get these scratched up watches and like, oh my god, this looks awesome. Like I wished I I wish I lived their life. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I mean, you're too cushioned with your yeah like... <laughs> yeah like like my watch barely has any scratches and I wear it every day. Like you know, like it's it's a daily. But you it's know, that quarantine like, life. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, but my life is very cursy, and I do nothing. Well, um. but I mean, I don't want to say that that kind of goes to what inspired you guys this whole design ethos. But vintage watches, a lot of a lot of the ones that we see now that you know, you know, oh God, don't polish a vintage watch and make it look new because that's what tells the watch's story somebody sending you back a watch like like we said buzzes like you know it's it's the vintage aesthetic without all the vintage problems a watch that looks very well lived in is probably almost the exact ethos of what you guys are going for like this is a watch that somebody's worn every day and it looks like they've had it for more than the two to three years they've had it for <laughs> mm-hmm. they're, yeah, they're not, yeah. That makes they're it. They're living in that that watch has been lived in yeah yeah Occasionally, we'll get an email, and you know, they'll say, "Oh, this is a very nice watch. I'll treat it like my baby." And occasionally, we'll say, "No, please don't. You know, just like wear it, <laughs> have fun." With it. I mean, but it's up to people to decide what they want to yeah, do, obviously. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, it makes us happy when we see people are wearing their watches and you know, enjoying them. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I'm I'm glad that you guys don't take that as, a, and nor should you, but take it as a sign of disrespect that like people are too afraid to wear them because like, that's what these things are. So they're supposed to be worn. Everything that, that we buy that is not, you know, something that we decide to put on as an accessory or as, as a part of our identity is something that I think you want to make a memory with. And I think a watch is no exception by any means. And, and, and any of the, I've heard somebody say that like, you get a new watch and like, then you look at it, 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 that first scratch and you're like, oh, it's the first blemish. But then, then I've heard, I, I remember reading somebody saying, yeah, congratulations. It's yours now. Like that, that means mm-hmm. like, that's your watch. Like that is, you put that there. Mm-hmm. This is now a part of you. This is yours. And it's it, it, like that, that's how you know it's yours is it's been lived in. It's like, I, it, I don't know how else to kind of put it. I mean, you, yeah. you took it to a whole nother level, Lauren, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, these things should be lived in. <laughs> and and I'll chime in since I do have uh, one of your guys' watches. And I've had it since, I guess, about six months now. Since I, get, we, I had just gotten this by the time we talked to you guys originally. And I I don't baby my watches at all. I scratch the hell out of them and they go everywhere with me. I don't really care. Um, I beat them to hell and back. And I, I've worn this watch now for six months. And I can, I can officially say that I do need to finally buy a thing of poly watch because <laughs> I've, I've scratched the crystal that much that it, it actually does. It's kind of, it's, it's bugging me now at this point. So, mm-hmm. it'll look, so don't worry. You know, it'll look good once you polish it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. for me to you guys, uh, your watch is getting worn. So <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of I, I, I mean, to me, it's weird, but it just looks yeah. better when it's worn in. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I don't, it's kind of like breaking in your pair of boots or whatever. Yeah. It's just uh-huh. like, is it accessory or is it yours? Like, yeah, it's there's there's something like that level of familiarity that something kind of melds with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
No, I mean, so everybody out there, wear your watches, wear them. Like, wh- why wouldn't you? That's that's why you buy them. So I know we've we've gone well over an hour, as we always tend to do when we're having a great conversation, even when we're making points that I don't know where I was going with them at times. Um, I'll, I'll blame it on the whiskey. Uh, I, know, I know Lorenzo's there with me. We're all kind of there. We're all been, we've all been having a good time. It's been a, it's been a great day. Like, uh, you really you know, held it together. I'm trying. I mean, I'm impressed because you said, you know, watch out in 20 minutes. And well, so here's the thing. (laughs) Minute 25, he's over here like, what are you doing? No, he's, 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 he's on fire tonight. Like, don't even, don't even worry about that. And I, I have to say that because I feel like I haven't giggled a lot. And I say this for one very specific listener of ours. Uh, My grandpa listens to every episode. Uh, Since he learned that we had a podcast He's listened to every episode and there ha- I have gotten feedback from him more than any other listener. Um, he goes, Hey, you were really like giggling and kind of laughing a lot the last episode. And I was like, well, you know, it, it'd been a long day. We, we were, it, this was over the summer. It was like, we were out with the kids. I had a beer before a couple beers before, you know, we're outside in the kiddie pool. And then I can, he goes, yeah, maybe don't drink as much whiskey then. Uh, <laughs> so I got called out by grandpa on, uh, on consuming two glasses of whiskey and giggling too much. So I, I do my best to try to hold it together. Um, uh, but one of the things, not that it hasn't been a big year for you all, cause it, it definitely, definitely has as far as releases and, and, and hitting a bunch of home runs on, on what you guys have come out with, at least in our humble opinion. Um, where do you guys go from here? What, what is next? Um, from Lauren and Lorenzo and Laurier. I, you know, I, I think we're, we're all very excited of, with what you guys have done. And I say this about a lot of the guests, but we have guests on who we're very interested in what you're doing. I, I, I mean, I know people kind of knock it and I, we, we're not the watch media. We're three dudes who like watches who decided to start talking to people and DMing people on Instagram saying, Hey, will you, will you record a conversation with us? As creepy as that sounds. Um, <laughs> But like we really, we genuinely like what you're doing, and I know it's been a big year. Now you're hot off the heels on two releases, but you know, once things have settled down, maybe once we can all see each other in person again, what do we think 2021, whenever 2021 happens, uh, holds for you guys? It's not going to be a repeat of 2020. <laughs> we're not reviewing everything. I think we're good. Mm-hmm. All the updates and changes we could have made like have been made like we can't make the neptune any thinner <laughs> that's how it's gonna be <laughs> um so for 2021 it's gonna be a little quieter maybe a few limited runs um but it's mostly just gonna be maintaining our catalog adding to it but nothing nothing totally out of left field right yeah i i mean we're, we're always you know open and i might regret saying this <laughs> what are you gonna say no just you know like, i see that i see the <laughs> no just just let him yeah go. Just, good. come on come on lorenzo we want to hear what you say <laughs> no but i i was just gonna say you know we're we're, we're always open to suggestions you know, it's like, yeah, because uh, the, the point where we are now, if you look at our collection, and I realize this is impossible to do in real life, unless you're us, but if you look at our collection, like on a table and all the watches spread out, it's like you guys were saying at the beginning of the show, 
um, you know, they're in the same family, but they each have their distinct identities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, taking a step back, we're very happy with how that looks. Um, on the flip side of that, it's like, oh shit, where do we go now? You know, like we've kind of... We've checked boxes in terms of having a foundation and using complications um, that we want and um, well, that makes sense yeah. too. Well, you 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 use complications that make sense logically in a family together. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, where do we go now? Like, well, you know, do you do you know, like a field watch? Do you do like a more traditional pilot's watch? Well, you know, we don't know. Like, I think it's gonna. We do we do something dressier? We have to spend some time sitting with what we have now. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's so recent, so fresh. Um, there are a few different ways we can go, but I think mm-hmm. 2021 is going to be maintaining what we have, maybe adding in a colorway or doing some limited editions um, and just kind of assessing where we are, taking stock. And then that I think will give us clearer vision mm-hmm. of where to go. I think last time we talked about that doing game. a rectangular watch. We did. Right? We all, did. Yeah. We bring yeah. that up all the time. That's always a goal. We found, I think we've maybe found a small enough movement, but the thing is it's going to be an expensive watch. It's going to be more expensive than, it's yeah. not going to be more expensive than the Hyperion, but it's going to be more expensive than our other three handers. So well, but yeah, that's the thing. Like, does that fit with our ethos then? Right. But at the same time, can you get another rectangular watch? Yeah, and at the same at time, price. it's like, yeah, but this movement, you know, has a central seconds hand, and you know, like we kind of want the seconds hands to be at six o'clock, you know, for a rectangular watch. So that, you know, <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's it's there, you know, it's on our drawing board. We still want to do it. Um, you know, you know, I'm I'm glad to hear selfishly because I like a lot of what you guys have in the catalog. Um, that you're really just going to kind of keep that going because I, I feel like, and I don't, I don't, I don't think I can actually name any names because I don't. I, a lot of people have, have really kind of decided to kind of keep going with what they've got, but I feel like a lot of times with some of the smaller brands, you're like, oh, if I missed that one, it's gone. I've missed my opportunity. Mm-hmm. I can never get that watch again. And you know, the, the fact that you guys have a family that you guys want to keep going and yes, new colorways, yes, yes, limited, edi- like some limited editions makes, you know, maybe a little bit of hype, makes some things exciting, but, you know, having a Neptune in stock or, or continuing to run the Neptune, it's, it's a great piece. Same thing with the Hydra, continuing the two pieces that you have, or the two colorways you have and continuing to produce them and say, Hey, I'm going to keep this catalog going because it's something that people like. I think there's something to be said about that. I mean, Rolex updates the Submariner every freaking decade. Like, you know, that people mm-hmm. who want to go buy as well for the rest of history until recently, people who want to go buy a sub just went and got one. Um, like, you know, just there's, I, I like the idea that you guys have a design, you have production, you have Q, you have everything where you want it. You're like, I just want to make these watches and people like them. And that, mm-hmm. that is, that's a brand family right there. You guys have a, like, it's, it's a, it's, that's awesome. That's fantastic. I, I'm not really making very many points there, but like, I like, I like yeah, where that oh, is. <laughs> that was our yeah. goal. I yeah, mean, that was our goal. dream yeah, to be yeah. able to do that, um, to be able to maintain mm-hmm. a catalog. 
Yeah. Um, like, you guys remember how, like, the SKX 007 was, like, the default choice yeah. for, like, the past 10 years, and then Seiko discontinued it? Like, we don't want to do that, you know? Right. It's like, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, like, moving forward, it's like, yeah, like, if you want to watch under $500, then, you know, like... We like we want to be, you know, one of those choices. Mm -hmm. Like we want to be one of the first names that you think of. And and I've described it before with with some of the other the other folks we've had on. I like all of the options that are out in the market now because, and and, and I and I say this because it's like when I look at what you guys make, I know the movement is solid. I'm, I'm familiar with with the movements in your watches. When I'm looking at that price point, I like the I'm going for design. And your guys' design is it's got its own ethos, it's got its own family, it's got its own language. And it's it's what you can get at the price point where you guys are at from your brand and from a few other brands just knocks out what the Seiko SKX 007 used to be. Like, let's be real. People who are getting into the watch game now have so like I'll use the term analysis paralysis. There's so much good stuff out there. And what you guys are doing mm. absolutely knocks it out of the park. There's, there's, it, it, it blows my mind that, that you can go out and buy a Laurier Neptune or a Hyperion or a Falcon, like whatever you're looking for, you guys have it in your catalog at a price point that is insanely attainable for so many people. It just, it, it, it's, it's a great time to either be into this hobby or just starting getting interested in it. I mean, there's, it, it's it's great and and in getting to know I, I think the the connection with like you guys you know is is what sets what you guys do apart like it, it's this is a passion of yours it's something that comes out in the design it comes out with the plexi crystal like I, I know we we talked about it in the last one like that is the mountain that Lorenzo was willing to die on is the plexi crystal like he's like I have <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel like now people. Luckily, like no, we get a lot less um, buzz about that. Mm -hmm. It's, um, but I mean, it's. I think people have accepted that's the way it is, it, and it is, and it and it and it works. Like there, there's there's no like it works. Why argue? Like I'm so I'm I'm with you guys on that. So it's, I just feel like it's a great time to be an enthusiast. There's great people in the industry like you all doing some awesome things. And I'm really excited to see what comes next, even if it is just it, it, rectangular dress watches. Well, you know, we, we you know, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see that happen. Um, but it's just it's a great time to see that there are brands out there that are having success that are out there sticking their flag out saying, hey, this is what I want to do. And, and it speaks to people like the, the mm -hmm. fact that you guys have such yep. successful launches. Mm -hmm. Let's lets me know that it's speaking to people just like it speaks to me. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm it speaks to Spangler for sure. Uh, <laughs> so I'm 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 really excited. Like I said, I'm looking forward to to seeing what 2021 holds for you all, um, and hopefully at some point getting to a watch fair and meeting you both in person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do a live podcast. You know, when we when should, we definitely should. <laughs> When we can all be in the same room, you know. I don't know if I have the equipment for <laughs> <Yeah>. that yet. <laughs> we'll still sign in, you know. We can. We all still, we'd all still sign in, yeah. Headphones, all in the same room together, though. 
Oh yeah. No, you guys won't be able to see my, my basement then. It, it's, although I will say this does make it more personal because we all see a little bit of the inside of everybody's house or where you guys all yeah. live. We're going to be moving soon. So this won't be behind us. Yeah. You guys, you guys have an open invite to, you know, New York anytime. Whenever you guys will let people from out of state in, we will, we will come. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just you know keep up the uh the excellent names to go with the excellent watches uh people that love classics love it i mean you've named one after a titan consider an olympian god next time perhaps Mm -hmm. i mean yeah i don't don't know we might uh we might consult you i don't know what watch would match up with a a zeus but uh you know the dread son of cronus himself Pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. It has, we, there has to be some. We do have an Aries drawn up, Ooh. but that's all I can say at this point. Nice. Well, as soon as we stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> listeners. Uh, yeah. Um, no, it, it, I'm trying to remember. So Titans, that's the wrong football team. Weren't there some giants in Greek mythology too? Or were they just called? I, I could be wrong. I feel like there were giants as well. Like they were below the Titans, the Titans, gods, giants. Then I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've yeah. mythology. Well, well, yeah, we'll I, I think they exist. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like the Cyclops are giants, right? They're not. Titans. Yeah. See, there right. we go. Oh, there. Oh, yeah. and si- there's an idea. <laughs> 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 anyway no uh we as always it's always it's been a blast uh we we enjoy having the two of you on you know it's, it's always a good conversation and uh at some point we'll have to do this in person but uh if if not we'll definitely do this remote again um and like i said really looking forward to see what what comes out of laurier in the future uh and, and best of luck on everything um so thank you thank guys you. so much for coming yeah, and hanging bye, out with bye. us Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. I'm glad. Both times. <laughs> you guys came back. <laughs> yeah, let's do it again. Well, I will take you up on that. We will definitely take you up on that. <laughs> There's only so much stuff we can talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Well, everybody, uh, hope you enjoyed that as much as we did, and uh, we will chat next time. See you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We are enthusiasts, not experts, so don't at us. But you can find us on Instagram at whiskey.and.watches.podcast. Also, visit our website at zeitswatches.com. Zeitz is spelled Z-E-I-T-Z.